0: chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome to the State of Cannabis. Bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. Advocates and analysts will join us to discuss the ongoing path to reform and legislation. Now, the State of Cannabis. With your host,
1: Dave Inman. Welcome to the State of Cannabis keeping you, our listeners, on the pulse of what's happening in cannabis today. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us today, we have Michael Ray with Bloom Farms. Michael, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So tell us a little bit
2: about Bloom Farms. Well, there's a lot to talk about. I mean, Bloom Farms is a real place uh, located up in the Sierra Foothill Mountains. My family has owned the property since the early 70s, so approaching on uh, 50 years now. It's where I grew up. It's where my roots are, where my neighbors, my family, and a lot of people call home. So, So, you know,
1: it's funny when you say the Sierra Nevadas. So uh, as a youth myself, I I moved from Culver City, California, uh, out to June Lake, California, if you're familiar with that area, Uh, you know, Mammoth Bishop area. So, you know, that whole area, it's not only just uh, magical, you know, with, uh, you know, the, the giant sequoias and all the redwoods. But now you have a beautiful farm up there, too.
2: It's a great place. I mean, when you say Sierra Nevada, you actually, you know, you bring up a great point. June Lake, California, very, very far away from where we were. But the Sierra uh, Nevada range is such a such a long huh, range, you know, it's sp- spanning throughout California. You know, we're up at the northern end in an area called Calaveras County. And Calaveras County is 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 a great place it's a really great place I don't know if you've been following it much but they've recently began the process of regulating permitting and licensing that you cultivation on a commercial scale which is pretty exciting
1: yeah, you know, in a previous episode, we had uh, T.J. Cape with uh, Canna Management, and, you know, the, he went through a lot of the uh, the regulations and, and things that he helps uh, business and on- entrepreneurs uh, be able to utilize. So are you seeing a lot of issues with the regulations, or is that something that you welcome? Regulation
2: is what we need. I mean, it's, it, regulation will bridge the gap between, you know, legal uh, medical and adult use cannabis and black market medical and adult use cannabis and will allow more of a, a mainstream acceptance from the rest of society. It's just something that needs to happen, and you I know, feel pretty strongly about that.
1: You know, it's kind of funny. Um, you know, I'm I'm obviously an advocate and an activist, and one of the things that I hear being coursed so often with uh, some of the more disgruntled people is that uh, it shouldn't be regulated and it should be free for everybody and you know i i kind of take a stance that that is just unacceptable because it is an intoxicant and it's something that uh, should be handled responsibly no matter what and so I applaud uh, your, your position on the regulation because to have a, a, a stable market of any kind, there has to be regulation. You, you, don't, uh, you don't get to make socks without them being regulated. So it's, uh, it's one of those things that we need to have more people chorusing these things to encourage others to be uh, stewards of, of cannabis and also stewards of responsible use cannabis. And I think we're getting very close to that.
2: You know, on a high level, I completely agree. I, I tend to shy away from you know using intoxication or intoxicant for a plant, which I feel isn't toxic. Uh, you know, truly, I don't. You know, whereas alcohol certainly is. So you know, more semantics than anything. But for cannabis. You see so many people see so much benefit from it, all the way from a cancer patient who is, you know, stage four and has no appetite whatsoever, all the way to someone who just experiences a little bit of anxiety in life and uncomfortableness or inability to sleep well, which, you know, if you just look at the numbers of people who, would raise their hand if you ask them if, if they have trouble sleeping uh, regularly. I've done this before, and what you get is you get about two-thirds of a room raising their hands saying, I don't sleep well at night. And you know, if cannabis can help that, you know, it can really be a you know, big benefit for the world you know, with more free uh, access. Now, in, the re- in regards to regulation, yes, it needs to be clean. It needs to be safe. It needs to be produced in responsible and sustainable ways. And that's how I feel about it. You
1: recently had a, uh, a career and job fair. Yeah. So that was the SF Bay Area Cannabis Career and Job Fair. What was the, the reason behind that? Was that, you know, just because there was that many people that are needed to be hired? Or is it that there isn't enough skilled workers in the, in the field yet?
2: Well, thanks for asking, first of all, because this is a project that everyone at Bloom Farms is really, really excited and passionate about. You know, from day one... I immediately as I'm building out my team realizing that it's hard to find a top talent in any business. In the cannabis industry it's 10 times harder to find people that are really really talented and also willing to work in the space. You know, there's lots lots of enthusiasm. Lots of people want to work in the space, but you know it's hard to find um, you know really really good workers, right? So Uh, it came to me one night, I'm laying there and I'm thinking to myself, how am I going to find the best of the best? Because this is really how I wanted to run the business, run the organization. And I decided that there was no access, there was no way that was effective beyond like Craigslist and stuff like that. So I said to myself, I'm just going to do a job fair. (laughs) I'm going to create this. I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just going to organize a job fair. I'm going to call cannabis business owners and see if they agree and they did uh, they, they really did agree and they all wanted to participate in our first job fair which was pretty small i think this was in july of 2014 so just about two years ago we had about eight employers high level employers I mean, we had big name employers you know from auntie dolores to kiva to spark were at our first job fair but we only had 8 of them and we had about 300 people show up and it was fantastic the engagement between the people and the and the employers worked out really well everyone ended up hiring multiple people which are some of them are still with them today and that was kind of the start you know the goal turned into let's host one job fair to let's host two a year in every city so Our goal right now is to do two job fairs a year in Los Angeles, two job fairs a year in San Francisco, and then one a year in San Diego, Sacramento, and San Jose. Connecting people with jobs is one of the things that we are trying to accomplish here at Bloom Farms and just kind of supporting the industry like that. You know, I, I got to say thank
1: you for, for doing what you're doing because, you know, it, it often seems to be very difficult for people to, to find a path, a clear, delineated place to go to understand and, and to actually get, uh, you know, upper level jobs or, you know, uh, you know, they'll, they'll go into the space with a, a completely different mindset than what it really, really is. You know, I, I've, I've had several growers on the show, and uh, one of the things I like to talk about is, you know, the, the transition from growing from your closet to, you know, a 40,000, 50,000 square foot building it becomes much more challenging you know when you when you look at uh, having to plan ahead for you know things that are going to happen but you don't know what and when and you know it's it's an interesting thing seeing uh, such a ground level industry that is you know faster growing than even the cell phone market and probably will have a much larger cap as far as the potential revenue you know uh, nationally or even internationally than than cell phones so you know finding people that are of quality you know, that are going to show up every day and they're going to, you know, have a, you know, they're going to be loyal to their employers. They're going to, uh, you know, go above and beyond. These are, these are the types of employees that I myself always like to look for and hire, but finding them in the cannabis space definitely has been challenged from what I've seen. So, you know, what you're doing is incredibly important.
2: You know, there's nothing like that face-to-face connection with somebody. Craigslist ads, um, just don't seem to work right. And putting people in front of people is where the magic happens. And if it says anything to the success of this event, our last event uh, had uh, almost 30... employers, high-level employers such as Harborside and Kiva and BPG and all of these big names. And we had over 1,500 job seekers who waited in line hours to get in and have that conversation. And for me, I would love it if people didn't have to wait, but it just speaks to uh, their passion and their desire to find a place for themselves in the industry.
1: You know, it's a wonderful thing that you're doing making this place. You know, Michael, we got to take a quick break. When we get back, folks, Michael Ray with uh, Bloom Farms, State of Cannabis. We'll be right back with you, folks. Stay
0: tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com when we return. (sighs) Cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash, and I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay. Tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase and gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Thousands of cannabis professionals convene this August in Portland, Oregon to the city responsible for half a billion dollars in cannabis commerce. The Portland Expo Center hosts Indo Expo, August 6th and 7th, Expo has seed-to-sale covered all weekend long with educational seminars and over 250 exhibitors, lights, nutrients, trimmers, extractors, greenhouses, cutting-edge grow gear, genetics, smoking accessories, and more. Free admission for buyers, store owners, and MJ industry professionals. Visit www.indoexpo.com. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman.
1: Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us today, we have Michael Ray with Bloom Farms. And we were just talking about uh, a beautiful job fair that's been created recently for uh, cannabis enthusiasts and people that are looking to get into the uh, market. So you've, you've had these going on since about 2014, started out with about 300 attendees. And, and again, how many were at this last
2: uh, event that you had? We had over 1,500 attendees and nearly 30
1: employers wow and you know what has been the uh, the overwhelming response from the uh, attendees as well as the employers
2: well it's it's an extremely positive experience for the employers they get a lot of people in front of them they get to pick and choose top talent and they get a you know just a great amount of resumes and in regards to the attendees those that get hired had a f- Great time. (laughs) Those that get hired, you know, find it a huge success. Those that don't, you know, try to look for feedback and how to get better for the next one, which is why we also, in between these events, host uh, resume workshops. So we're really trying to support the job seekers, those that are, you know, highly motivated to improve upon their resume and take tips and tricks on how to impress a potential, you know, hire and, and push people along that way as well.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong.
2: I thought you were a farm. <laughs> <laughs> So, it's funny you say that. So, yeah, so yes, yeah, so, I mean, we we, we are uh, at at our core a farm, um, but you know this is a community. The cannabis community is more than just about um, you know growing cannabis, creating cannabis oil, uh, packaging them into our products. It's more than just that. It's about supporting the industry, supporting local and sustainable agriculture. You know we don't even produce all of our own cannabis because we just can't it's too much so what we do is i work with farmers that are from my area from all over california really but we make sure that they are sustainable responsible and you know committed to quality like we are so we have a you know very very tight network of providers that work with us
1: You know, it sounds uh, so when you're helping people with, you know, resume creation, things like that. So what is a typical cost that a person would assume be charged for that?
2: (laughs) Uh, We charge five dollars. And the the reason we charge the reason we charge five dollars is just so they show up we usually have very limited space we don't make money on this this is just you know kind of a side project for the job fair which we also don't make money it's not it's not a financial thing for us you know for us it's again helping you know helping match employers with job seekers you know building respect of bloom as a brand as someone who cares and also it doesn't hurt to be able to have first crack at the best people
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it doesn't seem that uh, your, your good faith stops there either. So tell us a little bit about the One for One program.
2: Well, the one-for-one program is my own personal passion project. And let me tell you a little bit about what a passion project is for those of us that work at Bloom Farms. Everybody's allowed to have a passion project. I find that the best way to motivate people is allow them to kind of go out on their own, put together a project... Something that kind of you know, pushes forward the goals and the agenda of the company. Um, and my passion project was the one for one program. I grew up in Calaveras County. It's a very very poor community. You know, I was fortunate enough that my family had everything that we needed growing up. And as a child, you know, my house was the popular one to come to on the weekends my house was the popular one to come to uh, during summer break and that sort of stuff and as a kid you don't really realize necessarily why that is but I, as i began to grow up i realized that you know many of those family friends my Buddies and people I was close to in school growing up were from food insecure homes. They didn't have the access to healthy high quality food that my family did. And my mom was a great cook, very loving person, very open arm, welcome people in. And as I grew older, I realized that this is a major, major problem in communities all over California. And in California, we have, what is it, the sixth largest economy in the world? The fact that we have food insecurity in one out of five homes is unacceptable to me. So, what we've done is we've dedicated Every product we sell, whether it's a t-shirt or a vape pen or a lanyard or anything that we sell as a company at Bloom Farms, uh, we're, we have dedicated to donate one healthy meal to a local food bank. And right now we're working with three food banks. We're working with World Harvest in L.A., the Sacramento Food Bank in Sacramento, and the San Francisco Marin Food Bank in San Francisco. Oh, hundreds of thousands of meals. And it's it's been amazing, amazing for me personally. And a huge success for my passion project.
1: it's a beautiful, beautiful project as well. You know, I've been an advocate for the the slow foods movement for some time. Getting rid of the food deserts that we have uh, in so many of our urban sprawls. It's something that we just have to do. You know, I mean, if if the first thing that a youth is able to go and retrieve is a bag of Cheetos, we failed that youth. Yes. And we need to be able to provide good quality fruits and vegetables that uh, at an economic price, because quite frankly, they should cost less than a bag of Cheetos. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're more and more people are becoming aware of of these things that are needed for for human existence to continue. And what we need is more people like you to chorus those things and, and actually stand out on that ledge and tell people, come on, let's fix this. Uh, not enough people do that. So again, I got to commend you for that. So you have a, a beautiful farm where you, you, I would assume, grow lots and lots of cannabis, but not enough to actually cover what you would actually sell. So it sounds like business is good, which I, I obviously am very happy. Uh, uh, anytime you know somebody is able to give back and also be uh, profitable, that's a, a wonderful thing. So to change the
2: topic a little bit, you weren't always in cannabis, right? That's true. That's true. You know, I, I grew up in Calaveras County, a very high cannabis area. But for me personally, my interests were in going to college, and you know, at the time, I was learning finance and I was learning, you know, graphic design. And and as a you know freshman in college in Santa Barbara, you know, you don't really know what you want. You just kind of go and learn and and do that sort of thing. I quickly learned that school was interesting but not as engaging as i had wanted it to be so at 19 years old i decided that i was going to move to new york i moved to new york city and i talked my way into a a trading job i was working as a as a day trader for an outfit called broadway trading uh, in new york and this was 1999 uh, right when the right when the the dot-com boom was happening and they were they were hiring anyone who could push buttons essentially (laughs) and uh, how well did you do in that it was an experience it was a, it was a very interesting experience it took a while to get moving uh, i was always relatively gifted at computers and technology and, strangely enough, video games, which is what this almost turned into. You know, I was comparing it a lot to, you know, being good at video games. We had the stock market was moving up and down and up and down at very, very fast rates. And um, I was able to do pretty well. I was able to do pretty well. You know, there'd be a day where, you know, I would make... You know tens of thousands of dollars in one day, uh, followed by the next day where I'd lose tens of thousands of dollars. So it was a very, very emotional up and down roller coaster ride. and it was a lot of fun for for, for many years, but ultimately at the end of the day, not where I really wanted to end up
1: for life. And so uh, you you left there to to go back home. and I would assume this is shortly after uh, the medical law in California had passed back in nineteen ninety six. So, uh, was that the lure to come back home? So,
2: uh, timeline's a little bit off. I actually moved to New York in '99 when I was 19. I traded. I worked in the markets for you know many many years. When I moved back to California in 2008, 2000, 2008, 2009 is when I started to really get interested in the medical cannabis business. Now, I've always been uh, a proponent. I've always been you know very. Against the failed war on drugs, you know, I, I saw you know millions of lives ruined, billions and trillions—I don't know if trillions is the right number, but it might be—of uh, dollars just wasted enforcing you know a law that just didn't make sense to me. So to jump back to that, in 2009, I moved back to California. I reconnected with you know several of my you know, childhood, high school, college friends. And there were some of them that were doing very well in the medical cannabis business. So you know, at the time, it was still very scary. There was federal raids regularly. There was, you know, local level raids. You know, Mandatory minimums would put people in prison for, you know, five years at a minimum. And I really wasn't interested in in that (laughs) happening so i just kind of took a small position so to speak i just everything that i could i put together a small grow i kept my my plant limits at 99 so i was never over the federal mandatory minimums or anything like that and i just really learned the industry and i I met lots of great people and that was kind of my my entry into the cannabis industry about 2009.
1: michael we got to take a quick break we want to dive right back into to the timeline there for you Folks, Michael Ray with Bloom Farms, State of Cannabis. We'll be right back with you, folks. Stay tuned for more State
0: of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com when we return. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman.
1: Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us today, we have Michael Ray with Bloom Farms. We've been talking about a bunch of different topics. Uh, you know, I gotta I gotta also go back and highlight, you know, all of the good works you're doing, not only for, uh, you know, our impoverished, you know, our, our youth that doesn't have what we should have, but also, you know, encouraging people to, you know, reach out and get better jobs, uh, you know, and teaching them how to, to learn how to ask for those jobs. And there's no more strengthening motivation that you could do for another person than empower them with work. So you know, again, I got to say thank you for for doing that. So back to the timeline. So you uh, you were back at about 2009, and uh, you had uh, friends that were doing very well in the medical cannabis space. You were uh, growing just 99 plants, nothing giant, just to stay under the federal regulation. We fast forward to the Cole Memorandum, and now the path is a little bit clearer for us so has that been of any benefit for you guys having an outline for by the department of justice uh, as to what and things
2: yeah everybody knows about this and i think at the end of the day you know my approach has always just been to operate as close to the law as you possibly can you know 99 plants we operate as a not-for-profit collective we provide medicine to thousands of patients and at the end of the day, the cannabis industry was just very, very interesting. You know, I, I was under the impression that we were going to get, you know, adult use, recreational use a law passed in California last time around, which, you know, was years ago. It didn't happen that way. So kind of a blessing so, in disguise.
1: Let me ask you that. You know, as far as the back in 2010, what do you think was the biggest challenge that California didn't pass that law? Votes. <laughs> okay. I mean, we just—we
2: just didn't get enough votes. And again, you know, I feel very strongly. Cannabis, as a whole, has been given this negative uh, social stigma through decades of misinformation, and it just wasn't ready yet. That misinformation was still there. It was still a negative social stigma of. Stoners, non-producers, people who don't get anything done and sit around and eat junk food. And and this is at its core a stigma. It's just not true. You know, we know now, and everybody is beginning to see that cannabis can be part of a healthy, happy, active lifestyle and the benefits that it provides for those that are suffering from various ailments is massive. And people are seeing that. So I think that this time around, we're going to have a lot better of a chance. People are, are, are sick of uh, spending resources on enforcing criminal action against those that are within the industry. People are you know, sick of the stigma. And, and you know we're doing our part at Bloom Farms to show that there are responsible cannabis users out there and it can be part of you know, a, a normal lifestyle
1: and and it needs to be
2: it needs to be and and you know Honestly. i'm gonna
1: kind of dive back into uh, you know the 2010 and the votes and you know i mean uh, i know you guys are on the ballot so uh the citizens of california will you know have the opportunity to cast their stone either yes or or no for cannabis likewise uh, nevada arizona a slew of other states as well and I would say, not just you and I, but everybody that's listening, this is now our end game. And so we we must get out there and have conversations with people. We must be responsible when we're having those conversations. We must be factual when we're having those conversations. And we need to try and get those people that are on the fence or, you know, adamantly know to start swaying in our, our favor. And having those conversations are the most important thing that we can do at this point to amend and push cannabis freedoms
2: forward. I agree. I agree completely. It's 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 now or never. You know, one of one of the the great things about having the largest corporate social responsibility program in the medical cannabis community is that people and see that this industry is not always about profiteering. It's not always about the green rush, which is a word I hate. It's not always about, you know, just trying to maximize profits. It's actually about much more. You know, it's about measuring success by how many people we affect in a positive way. And you know that's what Bloom Farms is about. That's what I'm about. And uh, you know, we will continue to be that way.
1: You know, it's, it's funny you say it that way. You know, I, I'm not a religious person myself, but if I had to have religion, it would simply be to have as many and give as many smiles as I can, you know? And, and I think that would, you know, kind of paraphrase very similarly to uh, your, your previous statement. It's not always about, you know, how fat our wallet is. It's about how, you know, full our heart is. And, you know, too often we we allow the money concept to cloud decisions and, you So often it's it's not the case. You know, Michael, we're about out of time and I again gotta thank you for coming on the show and and doing what you do. I wanna I wanna stay in touch and and I will keep in touch with you and I'll keep my finger on the pulse of what Bloom Farms is doing because I really, really like what you are doing. And I wanna thank all of you for joining us for this edition of the State of Cannabis. You can download past episodes of your of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also, you can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Google+. Don't forget to like and comment. I'm Dave Inman. We'll see you next time.